This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Matt Addison, and I'm delighted to say that alongside me is Leeds Live's Leeds United reporter, Joe Donoghue, who is, of course, here to preview the game between the Reds and Marcello Bielsa's men. Joe, welcome back to the Blood Red podcast. How much are you looking forward to Monday night's game? It, it sounds strange. Um, first of all, thank you very much for having me on, uh, Matt. But it, it sounds strange to, to say that, you know, you, you go into this game um, you know, covering Leeds, obviously on the back of a, a 2-1 win, a Stuart Dallas masterclass at, at the Etihad um, last weekend. And, you know, you, it's it's not it's not a game where you, you approach with the same trepidation that you might have done at the beginning of the season uh, with the game back at Anfield. Um, I think that's sort of a reflection of how well and, you know, the, the, the expectations that, that Leeds have surpassed this season. And also the fact that it's a bit of a free hit that, you know, there's no risk of relegation for, for Leeds or, you know, unlikely to trouble the European places. So it's a it's a pressure free game, really. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, I think it'll be a really, really interesting fixture. Yeah, as you say, obviously Leeds went to Manchester City and, and won late on last week. They've drawn 0-0 with Chelsea. I think that was last month. They've beaten Leicester as well in, in January. They've had some decent results against the top sides. They've had some less good ones as well. They got heavily beaten by Manchester United, for example. I suppose it, it's almost been a, an inconsistent season for Leeds in a way, which you'd kind of expect really from a, a newly promoted team. Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe inconsistent might be the wrong word, but I, I, I've described it multiple times as sort of topsy-turvy. You know, there'll, there'll be, I think the the City win, which was completely unexpected, was the first time that, that Leeds have strung together three three wins in the league this season, which last year and the season before was, was sort of common practice, you know, getting three, four wins on the spin. So it's been it's been a bit stop-start at times because the, obviously more difficult fixtures come into play and, you know, you, naturally the just the, the disparity between squads um, means that you know you're not going to pick up three, four wins on the spin as you would in the championship. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a season of very few draws, um, to say the least. There's been a lot of wins uh, and a lot of defeats. So um, yeah, it's been it's it's been very much chalk and cheese, really. But one of the things that you could say about Leeds is that they do play exactly the same way, regardless of of who their their opponent is. Um, which you know they've come in for for a lot of praise from from opposition managers and, and fans for that. Um, because you know there's there's no airs or graces about the way that Bielsa sets up his team. It's going to be we're going to come and attack you. We're going to try and get as many points as we can from this game. Um, and yeah, it's it's paid dividends. It's been it's been entertaining um, to say the least. So yeah, I, I'd expect exactly the same on Monday. I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? I think a lot of neutrals this season would have been, you know, really impressed with the way that that Leeds have played, and they've got obviously results as well. As you say, there's no risk of relegation, so clearly it's it's working. I think Leeds have scored 49, conceded 49 in the league this season, so that's four fewer than the Liverpool attack, 12 more than the Liverpool defence. There's not that much of a difference between Leeds and, mm. and Liverpool in that regard this season, which I think obviously speaks volumes for for Liverpool's drop off compared to last season, but also. You know, it's a, it's a huge achievement for for Leeds to come up, play this way, and and get those results as well at the same time. 
Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it it does speak to the the, the form of both teams this season. Um, and you know, every, everybody. One of the things I was looking at actually was was sort of Mo Salah's uh, his, his goals this season, and and you know, to to have played forty four games and scored twenty eight goals and still have people going, uh, well, maybe he's not the same Mo Salah that he was in the past few seasons. I mean, if there was a player uh, who was scoring twenty eight goals in a season for Leeds, you know, they'd they'd be, they'd be open top bus parades and stuff for for, for him. So. Um, you know, I think it does get it. It does get into the fact that you know expectations are different, um, and at the moment, Leeds sort of just sitting very much in in the comfortable nature of mid table. Um, that's that's more than than most Leeds fans could have expected. Whereas you know yourselves, uh, with Liverpool, obviously not reaching the heights that would have been expected in 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 the title defence. So, um, yeah, it's. I think. It would be a mistake if if Leeds sort of I mean they won't do this but if Leeds fans sort of approach this game thinking you know yeah we can you know we can really get something from this um, I, I do think that's possible but I think the quality that Liverpool still have on show despite the injuries I think there's you know there's still a massive gulf in between these two squads so it'll be um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the two teams set up in those first 15 minutes, whether there's a little bit of nerves, whether there's it, it's a continuation of the the 4-3 that we saw uh, at Anfield back in September. Um, because, yeah, it, 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 I, mean, I keep saying it, but it's all I've been thinking about, really. It has the makings of being a, another 4-3, I think. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about a few individuals from a Leeds perspective to watch. Let's start with Patrick Bamford. He's one that I've really, really enjoyed watching this season. He's been a bit of a surprise to me, to be honest. I didn't see a great deal of him last season. I remember him more for you know being in the Premier League once or twice and maybe not being anywhere near the player that he is now. But to me, and, and this might be a bold claim, he almost reminds me of Roberto Firmino in a way because he's so good at, at linking the play but I suppose he gets a, a few more goals on top of that as well yeah and I mean to be fair he's he's surprised everybody I think there were a lot of Leeds fans um to at the beginning of the season who saw when Rodrigo Moreno was signed from Valencia and they thought well that's it you know but Bamford did did well in the championship scored 16 goals last season but it wasn't a, a huge return for, for a team who were so attacking um, and there were always concerns over his finishing, you know, over his sort of te- top level ability. I think it was one goal in his first 27 Premier League appearances for, for other clubs like Burnley, Norwich, Borough and Palace. Um, so for him to come in and, and sort of have been involved in, in 20 goals, I think it's like 14 goals and six or seven assists this season, you know, has been a huge, huge endorsement of how how good a player he actually is, how much he's developed and, and risen to the challenge. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, comparing him to Firmino, I think, yeah, he does, he links play very well. And I think one of the underrated aspects that, uh, at least in sort of n- the neutral media, is that Firmino is an extremely hard worker and so is Patrick Bamford. And that's one of the things that's that's really shone this season about, you know, how he'll he'll arc his run to, to try and press a, set, um, a centre-back and, you know, cut off passing lanes with just with his body positioning. And it's just little things like that, which will sort of push up opposing defences into a corner. And then that can sort of act as a pressing trigger and the rest of the Leeds team will will come and, and, and press the man on the ball who's been hemmed into a corner. Um, so it's there's a lot that he does which goes under the radar, I think. Um, so I think even if he hadn't had as many goals as he scored, he'd still be of he'd still be having a very good season if Leeds were in a similar position because of how much off the ball work he does. 
Yeah, I suppose you could sort of say a similar thing to Rafinha in a way. He's one that is very good at, at pressing, very intense, but he's obviously got a lot of, of quality on the ball as well. He's sort of been linked with Liverpool at times this season. He's only been a Leeds player since hmm. last October and already he's been linked with with a move away. I suppose that just shows as much as anything, as much as Leeds fans might not want to hear it, it just shows that he's had a, a really, really good impact in his first season. Yeah, I think the term hitting the ground running couldn't be more apt here because, you know, he arrived on transfer deadline day from Rennes in France. Uh, he, uh, he, he, I think he played in the under-23s against Norwich, had a, a fantastic game. It was very, very clear that he was already at sort of the physical and the talent level that would be needed to play in the Premier League. Um, so ever since his first start, um, he he came in and against I think it was Arsenal, and he, he just he hasn't looked back. Held Acosta hasn't had a look in since then. Um, he's got six goals, six assists uh, in that period, and you know he's he hasn't even been here six months yet, or just coming up six months actually. Um, so to you know be, be getting links to clubs like Liverpool is is, is a reflection of just how well he's done. Um, there is a doubt. Marcelo Bielsa did say in his press conference yesterday that he he might be a doubt for. Um, for Monday's game, he was very non-committal over Rodrigo and Rafinha's fitness um, because he obviously got that knock in the final stages of the the win over Manchester City when Fernandinho uh, sort of body checked him and, and sort of took him took him out at thigh level. Um, so he he's a little bit touch and go, but um, if if he does play, then I think you know for any Liverpool fans who haven't seen Leeds this season who haven't watched Rafinha before you know one of the things that becomes so evident is just he does not stop he's he's just constant you know he's playing in the hardest working team in the league and yet after six months is by far the hardest worker you know constantly records the most sprints in a game um you know he's he works back his defensive work isn't really overly refined but he at least he puts in the effort um and in terms of an outlet going forward you know there's in a squad which is largely the same as what it was in the championship um, you know this. You know this. This type of player really, really shines um, in terms of the individual ability that he has. In terms of his attacking, he's been compared to Mohamed Salah by a few people, which I think is an interesting comparison. Do you think that's a fair comparison? And do you also think that maybe I know you, you probably don't want to, to see him leave, but if he was to move, say, to a club like Liverpool, could he have a similar impact to what we've seen with Diogo Jota in that maybe he wasn't as refined and as consistent at Wolves, but he's taken that step up and been able to to get up to that level as well. I mean, Jota is someone that I was really impressed with, with his, um, <clears throat> with his, uh, his integration at Liverpool. Um, I thought that, you know, we might have expected a few little teething problems, but I mean, as I said, Rafinha's hit the ground running, so has he. Um, in terms of being compared to Mo Salah, I mean, it's, that's a thankless, a thankless comparison for anybody because you know, living up to a player of his uh, of his standing caliber is always going to be difficult. But um, I think he's he's less on the goal side than Salah. I think you know he'll he'll probably be a, a bit more. I mean, I mean, I say he'll probably be a bit more creative, but I mean that's that's doing a disservice to Salah. You know, he's he he's a fantastic attacking talent, uh, but I think at the moment he's probably not at that same level. Um, he's he'd be very. I mean, I'd say he'd be an upgrade on on the likes of Jordan Shakiri um, for certain. But it would be somewhere in that sort of middle ground between Shakiri be, uh, between um, Salah. So I, I can see where the comparisons come from because you know he's he's an intense player, um, likes to cut into that onto that left foot from the right hand side, um, and you know he, he does have very good technique. And 
that's just a ceaseless, boundless energy. So you can see where the, the comparisons come from. Um, but in terms of him being sort of a, a carbon copy, if, say, for example, if Mo Salah were to leave, I'd, I'd say that there's still a little bit of um, a little bit of, of of honing to do in his game before he becomes such a such an elite elite level prospect. But but what I will say is really not far off in terms of his numbers. They aren't far off. Um, the likes of you know your Bruno Fernandes, um, your, your your Mo Salas this season, which I think playing in in a team who, yes, they are attacking, but not to the same extent that that Liverpool and Manchester United are, is 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 really impressive and it's encouraging to say the least. You know, if you were if you were Michael Edwards, you'd be you'd be hedging your bets essentially to say that you know this the, the, the scalability that this player's numbers have um, is probably probably one of the things we should be looking at, probably as they did with Jota. Lines on the Blood Red Channel. There's another Leeds player as well that's been linked with Liverpool at times in Calvin Phillips. And I remember sort of watching him earlier this season. Up until that point, I hadn't really understood quite what he did. But then I think it was a game against Chelsea that he just absolutely bossed that midfield. He looked absolutely brilliant. Is he almost Leeds United's version of Jordan Henderson? Not just in the way that they play, but maybe in the sense that if you're not watching Leeds week in, week out, maybe you don't quite understand that job that he does. Yeah, and you notice it. It's like like when Henderson's not in the team with Liverpool, you notice his absence. Um, and uh, it's very similar with Calvin. Um, he is, uh, you know, he's, he's he's the he's the he dictates the tempo. Um, you know, he, he's the person who can, you know, take the ball just in front of the defence and he can spray it to the flanks, to your Jack Harrisons, to your Rafinhas. He can give you a different outlet. Um, he can play through a press. Um, and when he's off the ball, he'll be sort of making runs which will open passing lanes from the centre-halves to the strikers because we know with Leeds, they like to play forwards. They like to play as vertically as possible um, at all times. So he's he does a lot of work which goes under the radar, which I think is is very similar to, to Jordan Henderson. Um, and I think the fact that with Henderson's absence from the um, the England setup in March and Gareth Southgate trialling, you know, having Declan Rice and, and Calvin Phillips in there is sort of a, a double pivot, you know, I think that's that was a very thinly veiled disguise of a plan of what he will do in the summer if, if Henderson doesn't make it back for the Euros. Um, and I think, yeah, he you know he's a he's a very measured player. Um, you know he, he he can drop in at centre half if needed. Um, he'll make those sort of little triangles with with the two central defenders and 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 really just offer them an outlet if if there's teams like Liverpool, for example, are really pressing high. Um, and it's been seen when when Phillips hasn't been in the team. I think it's six out of the eight games that he's missed this season for Leeds uh, that they've lost. So it's it shows you know how how instrumental he is, um, and that's mainly because you know there, there isn't a, a replacement for him in this squad, um, which will obviously be what sort of one of the one of the things that the, the the Leeds board will be looking at in the summer because you know it's it's all well and good having a, a, a top top level player in that defensive midfield number six role, but. If when he's absent, you don't have somebody to step in in those shoes, and the system starts to clunk a bit and doesn't st- sort of run at the same pace, it's 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 one of those things that you need to need to be looking at. So, um, yeah, if, if if again, like yourself, you know, if any Liverpool fans hadn't seen um, Calvin Phillips or sort of weren't understanding the hype, or they thought that oh, he's just a bog standard defensive midfielder, there is there's a. I mean, I know I would say this being a Leeds United reporter, but there is a lot more to to that than than meets the eye. Um, and it, it, it comes back to sort of the old adage, you know, if if you're watching if you're watching the ball, you're not watching Calvin Phillips essentially. Um, so it's um, 
yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be an interesting game from from his perspective because I, I thought he had a really good game at Anfield um, on on the defensive side of things, but also for that that ball that he played wide for Harrison for that first Leeds goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last sort of individual that I'll pick out is is the goalkeeper Melier, who again has had a, a really really good season and. I suppose it just is all the more impressive given that he's only just turned 21. I mean, where do you think he ranks in terms of Premier League goalkeepers? Because for me, he's at the very least in the top half. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of Millier uh, because, you know, I mean, the, the, I, I, I asked the rhetorical question how many other goalkeepers 21 and under are, are playing this regularly in Europe's big leagues? And I mean, the answer is none. No goalkeeper is playing this regularly at this at this young age. Um especially not having had any top flight experience um, beforehand. You know, we forget that before that game at Anfield um, to, to begin this season, he'd only played, I think, eight or nine times for Leeds. And then before that, he'd only played, I think it was 20 or 30 times for Lorient in Ligue 2 in France. So, you know, there was this was a goalkeeper who had very, very little experience. So for him to have come in, and one of the, what I will say about Melier is that he just doesn't seem disturbed ever. You know, he has made mistakes this season, as any young goalkeeper will. But it's it's very much what goalkeeping coaches say that they have to do is, you know, you've made the mistake, it's gone, put it behind you, go to the next one. And he does that. He, he doesn't let that affect his next decision. You know, there was a game against Burnley where, you know, he, he, came, he came out and it was probably a bit, was probably a bit overzealous, um, took out one of the Bernie players and was probably quite fortunate not to have given away a penalty. Um, and then, the, the, you know, we all know what Burnley are like. It was a bit of an aerial bombardment in the second half and he kept coming, claiming for everything um, in, in his in his zone. So, yeah, he's really impressive. Um, and I think as well, you know, the, the demands that Marcelo Bielsa places on him in terms of playing out from the back, his distribution into wide areas, um, you know, that is that really puts him up there as well in terms of where he ranks in the Premier League. I think there are a lot of good shot stoppers, um, but Melier is showing that he's actually got a lot more to his game than just making saves, um, just playing out from the back. Um, his his positioning is always very good. Uh, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll see him go from strength to strength. And who knows, you know, might be sort of coming in to, to replace the, the Hugo Lloris's in the, in the French national team in, in years to come. Because if he continues playing regularly at the top level, I think he just becomes too too big of a, a, a name um, to, to ignore. So, yeah, he, um, he he's really, really impressed me. Um, and, I mean, yes, Liverpool did put four goals past him, but two of them were penalties. Um, and you know what? Even if that happened again, I think that we'll, we'll see some, some really good um, goalkeeping fundamentals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of, of the match itself, away from the players, there's been a few sort of problems with the Leeds, Leeds pitch, as I understand it. I mean, how much of an issue has that been, particularly when obviously Leeds, all of the four players that we've spoken about there are, are really good on the ball. They like to play out from the back. Has that been a big problem for Bielsa this season? Um, well, the, the issue with the pitch, it derives from um, the fact that the drainage system is quite old and they were meant to uh, to replace the, 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 the top soil, the, the, the top surface and the, the drainage system um, last season during sort of the, the, the period between um, the 2019-20 season and the 2020-21 season starting. Um, but obviously because the season ended in July and then the new campaign started in September, they couldn't have that 14-week bedding in period for, for the grass. Um, I'm not a horticulturalist, but that's what I've been told. Um, but that's um, that, that's what, the, what they needed. So they're going to do that this summer. 
instead. But it has had, a, I mean, with the snow that was had in, in sort of January, February time, that hasn't helped things. They brought in uh, a new a new surface from, from Spurs, some state-of-the-art grass. Again, don't really know what the deal was there, but they paid around £300,000 for it. And that did take some time bedding in. Um, there was... That was after the um, a game against Brighton at Ellen Road, where the pitch was cutting up really badly, and it's probably Leeds' worst home game of the season, I'd say. Um, but since then, it's it's had some teething problems. But I don't. The last time out, I, I don't recall there being too many issues in terms of um, there being any slippages um, or, or players, you know, really not being able to get their footing. So I think it's it's probably an issue that's unless. There's an absolute downpour between um, between now and Monday. Uh, I don't think there'll be too many issues um, in terms of sort of the the players being able to play to the best of their ability because the pitch won't let them. I think that that won't be too much of an issue now, anyway. I've got to ask you about Bielsa as well. Clearly, a great manager. How much of Leeds' success this season is down to him? Do you think? Uh, I think it's an, an enormous amount. Um, you know, the, we, we can go through the players, we can go through the the club, as in Radrizzani, the owner, and the losses that he has absorbed over his time to sort of make Leeds United a Premier League team again. But none of that happens without Bielsa because um, just the, the way that, that Leeds played, I think from that first first game in the championship that he took over, they they, they beat Stoke at, at, the, um, at the Britannia Stadium and really took the championship by storm. And from then, it's been consistent football. Um, it's been absolutely exactly the same. It's been high intensity. Uh, and the players are, you know, they're, they're all, they've, they've all bought into it. You know, you, you only need to look at Luke Ayling, Liam Cooper, Stuart Dallas, um, Gianni Alioski, Jack Harrison, um, Patrick Bamford. All of these players... Were, were were regulars in the 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 Bielsa's first season, and some of those were regulars with Leeds beforehand when they were a mid-table Championship team. So to have taken in the space of two three years to have taken a, the core of that squad and sort of improved the improved the floor of that squad to the extent that you've gone up an entire division and then placed yourself in mid-table, I think you can't look past Bielsa for that. Um, because you know, covering Leeds every day as we do, you do see what goes on behind the scenes, and you know the players how they talk about him and the demands that they that that, that Bielsa and his his physios, his his nutritionist, his his fitness staff, the the strength and conditioning coaches, the the emphasis that they put on on these players being at the absolute pinnacle of of you know of athletic capability, um, and the, and you know as a result they are so. It's it, yeah, it's it's very much down to Bielsa. His philosophy, you know, him building a club in his image um, has, has has delivered Leeds back to the Premier League, and you know that that's why that's why there's there's such a a regard for him in this part of the world because you know Leeds fans had absolutely nothing to be to be you know to look forward to when a new season came around because it was you know whether it was poor ownership or whether there was you know players leaving who they said they wouldn't leave or. Um, or that sort of thing, or you know, disappointing transfer moves. There was nothing, um, but Bielsa sort of changed all that. He's changed the um, the philosophy of it. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's very much been a, a good couple of years for Leeds, and, and Bielsa is a huge, huge part of that. Yeah, definitely a, a top manager. I know Jurgen Klopp is a, a big, big fan of him, and so it's going to be a really interesting game on Monday night. Just before we finish, Leeds have been linked with a few Liverpool players over the last few months. Divock Origi, Harry Wilson was one last summer. What does this summer look like for Leeds? And could you see any Liverpool players potentially being of interest to them? Um, it's it's an interesting one, really, because I think if if Leeds were more sort of towards the the relegation zone, I could definitely see them. 
being enticed by picking up some of Liverpool's fringe players because you know the you know the old adage of Premier League experience and you know you need these players who've got obviously the nous to to keep you in a division and all that sort of thing. But we do know that the club are going to bring in around three or four first team players, first team additions. Um, the Athletic said that they, they they were looking at around five, um, but given how. Bielsa is with you know wanting to keep a, a quite a trim squad. Um, I'm not entirely sure how how many if five first team players is how many they would bring in, but um, we we know that they'll they'll be looking at a left back, you know, somebody to to, to deputise for Phillips in in defensive midfield, um, probably a, another central midfielder, number eight, um, and and who knows where else. Um, but in terms of sort of Harry Wilson, I think Leeds have probably surpassed. The, um, the 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 caliber of player that Harry Wilson is at the moment, um, and certainly if they want to keep pushing higher in 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 the Premier League table, I think Harry Wilson maybe is more of a a bottom half Premier League player. Um, and and Divokari again, I think it comes into the fact that Leeds have one of the lowest wage bills in the league. Would they be willing to 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 sort of go against their wage structure at the moment to bring in somebody who hasn't really played an awful lot of league football? Um, over the past few years. So I think while there would be enticing prospects if Leeds were a little bit further down the table, I, I, I don't see them needing to sort of take, you know, you know, the Premier League elites cast-offs essentially um, this this summer. I think the, 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 the recruitment structure is quite good at Leeds, so they'll, um, they'll, they'll have the, their targets in mind. Yeah, I'm sure if they have a summer as good as last summer, they'll be progressing again. There's no doubt about that. So they certainly don't need any of our help. But uh, yeah, that just about brings us to the end of the podcast. I think thanks very much to, to yourself, Joe, for, for jumping on. Just before we do finish, I'm going to ask you, as ever, for a, a score prediction for the game. Mm. I seem to say 2-1 to Liverpool every single week on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to go for again. Um, do you fancy there might be there might be more goals than that? How do you think it, it might pan out? Honestly, every week I always go with a sort of a, a, a 2-1 or a 2-2 or a 3-1 because, you know, you, with the Leeds, you can always guarantee goals. Um, I think as much as I'd like to see another 4-3, but sort of the, the flip side, um, I don't see there being as many goals this time. But equally, I think we could see, I think we could see a 3-1 or a 3-2. Um, I think it'll be close. But if if you if you have the you know the, the individual quality of your Firminos, your Manes, your Salas, you know your Jotas, I think that is probably going to be a little bit too much for Leeds, um, given that you know the, the, I mean four wins on the spin and two of those against Manchester City and Liverpool would be sort of fairy tale stuff for these for these fans. But I think yeah, I, I'm going to go with a a very entertaining three two to Liverpool. Yeah, I'm sure, as you say, the, the win over Manchester City last week probably takes the pressure mm. off a little bit. The pressure very much still on, of course, for Liverpool to get into those top four places. And of course, you can follow the game across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red in all of the usual places. If you haven't done already, make sure to sign up to the Blood Red newsletter as well. The link for that will be in the description. And you can also sign up on the Liverpool Echo website. For now, though, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of the build-up to the game. And from myself, Matt Addison, and from Joe Donoghue, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.